0: Amen. Come on, amen Look to your neighbor and say You're looking mighty fine today Come on, tell somebody around you They're beautiful, come on, amen And then the person On the other side that you ignored Just give them a weird stare I don't know about you Come on, amen Let's bow our heads in prayer As we go before the Lord Closing out our fearless series Somebody say amen Closing on our series I want to do it in grand fashion with something that the Lord placed in my heart. And as we go before the Lord, come on, let's ask him to open our hearts. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you right now. We ask you, God, that you would be in the midst of our gathering today. Lord, we've made yourself evident in worship, God. And we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity just to sing praises to your name. We thank you, Father God, that in our time of worship, God, you always touch our hearts. You always move us, God. And I ask you right now, Father God, that you would continue to touch every heavy, burdened heart. I ask you that you would open every spiritual ear, that this word would fall on good soil. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says amen. So I, I was studying this week and I read this, this little short story. And I read the story of this father who had a young child, a little son. And this father, he coaxed his child to climb the porch and to hop on to the railing. And then the son's holding on to the corner beam and he's standing on the railing. And the father goes down and he's like, all right, kid, I want you to jump to me. He's like, I want you to jump. And the kid, he's young, he's like six years old. He's like, no, no, I don't want to jump, I'm scared. And the dad's like, jump, jump, jump. And so finally, the kid, he works up enough courage to be able to jump and he jumps. And the moment he jumps, the father moves out of his way and the kid comes crashing to the floor and he hurts himself and the kid's crying. And the father says, let that be a lesson to you, son, to never trust anyone. And the thing about it is, is, that's how... Most of us live our life when it comes to trusting people. We don't trust people. I wish I had someone who was honest today who said, I have trouble trusting because people have hurt me. I got trouble trusting Guys, because of what men have done to me when I was a little girl. I have trouble in relationships because of what was done to me throughout the course of my life. I got trouble trusting adult figures because of what my mom and my dad have done to me. I have trouble trusting people. I have trouble believing in the fact that people won't let me down. And here's the problem, here's the problem with that, that if we have trouble trusting people we can see, how much more trouble will you have trusting a God that you cannot see all the time? It's tough to trust a God that you can't always see because when you have a God that you cannot always see, you don't really know if he's there. I wanna challenge your mind today. I want to challenge you today. Rarely do you ever, rarely do we ever doubt the existence of God. We look upon the stars and we know they had to have had a creator. Even scientists agree that that nature in and of itself has had a beginning. We look at the fine-tuning of the universe, the complexities of the human body. We look at all the things in nature, how the Bible talks about how God breathed stars from his mouth. And we look all across the world and oftentimes we don't doubt the existence of God. We only doubt his work in us. And more often than not, you don't trust God, but you believe in God. I wish I had somebody who was really honest. You believe there is a God because when trouble comes, you say, God, help me. But you don't trust God to help you. And so you make your own plans. And I want to talk to you today for the next few minutes about trusting a sovereign God. Trusting a God who, in essence, has your best interest in mind. And although you can't always see God, God is with you right now. And here's the the third problem with this. Here's the third problem. The problem with trusting God is you have trouble trusting a God who seems to stand idly by when your life is crumbling apart. You have trouble trusting God because you're saying to yourself, if this God is so big and so great and so strong— then why could he not save maybe that family member of mine who passed away? Why couldn't he heal this person when they were sick? Why could he? Why did he allow for me to? And we develop all these things in our mind. Why did God do this? And why did God that? And then the enemy comes and he tries to do whatever he can to hinder you from trusting God. But rarely ever do we say, oh, I don't believe in God. We say, I don't trust God. I've had people say, Pastor, how can I trust God when he was He was God when I was being raped? He was God when I miscarried. He was God when I was going through drunkenness. He was God when I was going through all these things in my life. He was God when my marriage fell apart. He was God when I was up to my neck and bills. Where was God then? And we have trouble trusting God because of all the circumstances in our lives. Here's what trust means, according to Webster's Dictionary. It means the reliance... On the integrity, strength, ability, and surety of another. It means to rely on the strength of another. And so when we talk about trusting God today, I want you to think about that. I want to rely on the strength of God. I want to lean on the strength of God. I want to be able to rest on the strength and ability and the sureties that I have in my relationship with God and so we've been talking three weeks now on the story of Gideon and Gideon has gone through all these different phases with God God has called Gideon and then God has confirmed his call to Gideon and then God has helped Gideon choose his army and now Gideon is about to enter into this fight with this Midianite army and and he is going into this fight and there's only one thing Gideon needs in order to win this fight and I want to challenge you right now. This is what you need to be able to move forward and you walk with God. You need to trust in Him. Look to your neighbor and say, trust God. And Gideon is faced with all these things. And we read in Judges chapter 7, verse 19, what Gideon does when he faces the battle. I'm reading from verse 19. Gideon and the hundred men with him reached the edge of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch just after they had changed the guard and they blew their trumpets and broke the jars that were in their hands. The three companies blew the trumpets and smashed the jars, grasping the torches in their left hands and holding in their right hands the trumpets they were to blow. They shouted, a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. While each man held his position around the camp, all, somebody say all, the Midianites ran, crying out as they fled. When the 300 trumpets sounded, the Lord caused the men throughout the camp to turn on each other with their swords, and the army fled to Beth towards Zerah, as far as the border of Abel, Mahola near Tabith. And so God delivers Gideon. I want to talk to you today on three promises God gives you as a believer when you trust God. Three promises that God gives to every believer as you trust him. So here's Gideon, and Gideon has now only 300 men in his magnificent army. This is like the original 300 ninjas, the original samurais, the original Spartans, and he only has these 300 men. And he takes and leads these 300 men, and they go on three different sides of the enemy camp, and they surround them in three ways. And he's going to this seemingly suicide mission, 300, as you'll later note the Bible numbers the Midianite army at 135,000. And Gideon has 300 versus 135,000. He's outnumbered over 15 to 1, but Gideon has something on his side. Here's the first thing that comes from God when you trust in him. Here's verse, Romans 15, verse 13. Paul writes, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. That you may overflow with hope. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Church, when you are trusting and leaning on the strength of God, when you are trusting and you're leaning on the sureness and the reliability of God, God gives you perfect peace to walk wherever he has ordained for you to walk so that you would not doubt him for one split second. It takes true trust in God to be able to walk to a camp of 135,000 with just a few men. The first thing God promises his people is peace when you trust him. God offers you peace. Gideon was so convinced of God's desires and God's will for his life. Gideon was so convinced of the outcome that God had predicted and Gideon was so sure of God. That he was able to walk right in the midst of conflict and be in peace. Church, I want to encourage you this morning that when you're in the midst of trouble, that if you trust God, peace that surpasses understanding will overflow into your life. When there seems like there's no hope, peace will come to you when you lean on God. But if you lean on yourself, worry, doubt, anxiety, and stress will flow to you like a river. When you say to yourself at night, how am I going to reconcile this? How am I going to fix this? When you say those type of things to yourself, you put such a burden of pressure on yourself in order to be able to have to resolve something or do something. But yet, if you rely on Jesus, if you rely on the strength of God, if you rely on the, 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 the assurance that God is on your side, if you trust that God has called you, If you trust that God has saved you, if you trust that God is with you, as Paul said, he'll fill you with all joy and peace. And some of you, you you would kill for a little bit of peace right now. You would kill for the fact just to say, you know what, I don't care what my life looks like, I am going to trust in God. No matter how dark the times may get, no matter how troublesome my life may look, I am gonna trust God. Look to somebody around you and tell them, I'm gonna trust God. When life comes at you in every single direction and all of Satan's tactics seem to pull you away from God, if you would trust in God, there's peace in, excuse me, in following God. I love this quote that 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 we found this week as researching for these sermons this quote from Corey Boone. for those of you who don't know who Corey Boone is Corey Boone was a young Jew during the times of the Nazi occupation of Germany and all the different European countries and she was hiding out and she said this quote that was so powerful she said when a train goes into a dark tunnel when a train goes into a dark tunnel you don't throw your ticket out and jump off the train You sit still and trust the engineer. And when life seems to take you into dark places, and life seems to defeat you, and life seems to perplex you, and life seems to leave you with no answers, if you would just stay still, you'll be able to know that God is with you. If you would just stay still, you would know that God is working on it. You would allow God to work on your behalf. When things get tough, when things take you to unpeaceful places and they take you to those things, you have to lean on the creator. You have to lean on the strength of God. I was praying this week and I was asking God how he would define trust. And one of the things he placed in my spirit is the way God defines trust is when we lean on his sovereignty. We talked last week about the sovereignty of God, how all of God's choices are God's choices that can never be changed, but they're always the best choices for you, whether you see it or not, whether you understand it in this moment of your life or not, all the choices God makes for you are the best for you, and sometimes God's choices hurt, and sometimes God's choices are troublesome to us. Sometimes God's choices bring stress because we don't understand them. But if you would lean on the sovereignty of God, if you would trust the choices that God makes in your life, if you would, if you would do this this favor, if you would stop rejecting the process that God has you in. Too many Christians, you want to avoid the process that God has you on. You don't want to go from making this amount of money. You want to go straight to being rich. You don't want to go through the process of stewardship. You don't want to go through the process of God educating you. You don't want to go through the process of spiritual maturity. You don't want to go through the process of learning how to be one. You want to jump into marriage. You want to jump into this and jump into that. If you would just stay focused on the process that God has you on. If you would stay focused and say, God, you, instead of saying, God, I'm ready for this and God, I'm ready for that. I stopped telling God that I'm ready for things. Because then he fooled around and threw them at me and I found out I wasn't ready for them. I wish somebody knew what I was talking about. You thought you were ready for something. All the married men said, mm-hmm. Amen. I got a witness in the building. I just saw 13 wives grab their husband's leg. Amen. And there's always something you think you're ready for, but in reality, you weren't ready. The idea of something entertained you, but the reality, when it came, scared the daylights out of you. I wish you were just honest today. I thought I was ready to walk away from that life. I thought I was ready to move on, but I I wasn't. And now I'm more hurt than ever. And it's because we reject the process of God. God will never just dump the finality of his desires, onto you? Could you imagine if God walked right up to Gideon and he was like, Gideon, listen, you're going to win this fight. I'm going to give you 300 ninjas and you're going to be fine. Gideon would have never taken that deal. But when God says, Gideon, you're a mighty warrior, I've called you to deliver, deliver my people from Midian. Gideon's like, I could do that. I bet you God's going to give me like a million-man army. We're going to march on the Midianites. We're going to crush them. But if God would have given him the finality of it in the beginning, Gideon probably would have never have done it. Likewise, if God shows you the place he's taking you and he gives you all the insight, you might run from God. Because the the reality of where God's taking you is tough. It's going to bring you through some storms, amen? It's going to bring you through some tough times but if you trust him somebody said if i trust him god will give you peace i love the fact that when when gideon when gideon had given the sacrifice in chapter 6, and he had sacrificed to God, and the Bible says the angel had touched the sacrifice, and it was consumed in fire, that was week one of our series, that the Bible says that Gideon exclaimed, and he was like, oh my God, I just saw the angel, the Lord, and he said this when God said to him, don't worry, you're not going to die, he had a revelation at that moment of God's peace, because he said God is peace, the Lord is peace, he named that altar Jehovah Shalom, God is peace. Can I tell you that when God calls you, he'll give you a revelation of his peace? When God purposes you and you're walking in the ways of God, he will give you peace in every step of your journey. You may not understand what's around the next corner, but you are comfortable with the fact that God knows what's around that corner and God will prepare you for it and God will guide your path because the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. I love that verse. It doesn't say the the steps of the righteous man, every other one, are ordered by God. It doesn't say the steps of the righteous man are ordered by his wife. Amen. It doesn't say the steps of the righteous man are ordered by an angel. It says they're ordered by the Lord himself. And if you would just stay in step with God and move with God, his peace will come over you. And so here's Gideon, and the Bible says that, verse 20, the three companies blew their trumpets and smashed their jars, grasping torches in their hands, and their left hands and their trumpets and their right hands, they were to blow, they shouted a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. So here's Gideon, 300 men divided into three companies of 100, and and here's what I love, they don't even have their swords in their hands. They were so confident in the fact that God was on their side that they did not, they understood what God said. God said this, I will give the camp to you. He didn't say, I will send you to fight the enemy. He says, I will give you the camp. If I was there, I would have been sharpening my sword. I would have been getting all these types of knives. I would have had clips. I would have had all the guns that I could get, any witnesses in the building. I would have walked around the camp, looked for extra arrows. I would have done everything. I would have had body armor. I would have been scared. I would have been, I don't want this trumpet. I need more swords. But they were so confident in what God said to them that they walked to the edge of the camp and began to shout a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. And verse 21 says it all. While each man held his position around the camp, all the Midianites ran crying As they fled, while each man stood still, while each man did nothing, while each man stood and saw the deliverance of the Lord, while they stood there in full confidence of God, God began to work. Can I tell you that when you trust in God, here's number two, when you trust in God, he will give you confidence. Confidence is defined as full trustworthiness and reliability. God will get you to be so fully confident and so fully relying on him that you will not have to worry. You will stand there looking good and brave. You'll look all cute with your trumpet and your torch and you'll be like, "A sword for the Lord and Gideon. And then the Bible says they all pose for a selfie. They did not have to fight this one yet. Do you realize the depth of what God is saying here? I love Psalms 46 verse 9. He says this, he makes wars to cease to end, to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns chariots with fire. And then here's verse 10, one of the most famous verses. So be still and know that I am God. Some of you are fighting a battle you don't have to fight. Some of you are, are so concerned with the victory, you don't have to win. And let me let me just be still in knowing that he is God does not mean to sit idly by. It means to be fervent in your prayer. It means to constantly seek God. It means to stay on the path of righteousness. It means to keep on striving after God while you will wait for his salvation to come to you. It doesn't mean you sit home and say, well, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to wait for God. That's not what it means. I love one version. It says this, cease striving, meaning stop worrying yourself. Stop trying to go against the adversity and win the battle yourself. Just be still and know that he is God. And they were so confident and leaning on God so much that they stood there, not worried about what anyone was going to do to them. Because God was on their side and they were trusting in a strong, humongous, all-powerful God. God produced a confidence in them. They understood something. If God is going to start it, God is going to finish it. And some of you might say, well, I don't know about that pastor. There's a lot we have to do. The Bible clearly says he is the author and the finisher of our faith. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. If God started it in you, your only job is to be faithful and God will finish it in you. Because there's places God has taken you, you can never get by yourself. There's things God's calling you to do, you can never do on your own accord. I don't care what level of education you have, you can't do it of your own accord. You need the Holy Spirit of God. You need the Holy Spirit of God to guide you and to walk you through it and to open doors no man could open and close doors no man could close. And when you trust God, God gives you confidence. You can walk strongly and with authority and boldly. Because God is going to do it. The apostle writes, being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you, We'll complete it to the day of Jesus Christ. And some of you, God has started some things in you. He's started some things in me, but I can't finish those things. Only God can. And I have to stand confidently before the Lord. I have to completely trust and rely on God. And you may say, well, how do I trust and how do I rely on God? Can I give you one of the most basic definitions I, I've learned in my life to trust in God? Is to be like clay on the potter's wheel and let God mold me, and let God shape me. I won't reject the process of God, because I understand the process of God will refine me. The process of God will take out imperfections. Have you ever been to a place in your life where you realize something about yourself that you don't like? I got no honest people here. I just love myself, Pastor. And uh, have you ever got to that place where you're like, I don't like this about myself? You became self-evident of something that did not honor God in your life. That's God bringing some things to the surface of your life, revealing it to you and allowing you to see it and say, you know what? That doesn't honor God. And God, God will take you to places in your life that you don't want to go because you're going to have to confront me. And me is a big, bad one, isn't they? Because the biggest problem you're going to have in your life is me. And I don't mean me. I mean you. You know how somebody knocks on the door? Who is it me? Well, the only me that I know is me. So I'm not going to open the door. But when you know it's you, and you know God's working in you, and God's fighting you, and God's striving against you, because there's things in your life that don't honor him, that's like being clay on the potter's wheel, and they will work out the imperfections in your life, and he will try to bring all the imperfections to the surface so he can form you and shape you into what he wants. Because what God would desire of you is greater than what you could desire of yourself. And here's the beauty. Here's the absolute best thing about trusting God wholeheartedly. Here's the greatest thing about it. That God, and I always say this to you, God will bring you back to his original purpose for your life. And what that means is this, is that it would be so silly. It would be so silly for me. I saw it the other day. I saw a guy and he was on a bicycle. And he had an air conditioner on his shoulder. And that could only work for so long. Yeah, you got from A to B, but that's not what that bike was made for. And he looked crazy doing it. He probably felt good that night. I'm not judging him. He probably had a really nice, cool bedroom. But some of you have spent your life being somebody and doing things that you were not created to do. And God, when you trust him, he begins to shape your life and begins to... See, when God found Gideon, he was a coward hiding in a wine press. But by the time God got done with him, he was a mighty man of valor on the battlefield. God will bring you to his purpose for your life if you begin to trust him and have confidence. And so the second part of confidence is that you need to have confidence not only in, in what God is saying, but be confident in where God is taking you. Because where God is taking you will define who you are. Because if God, if God would have took Gideon to the kitchen, he might have been a chef. If God would have took Gideon to the junkyard, he might have been a junker. But God took Gideon to a battlefield, and that means that God wanted Gideon to be a warrior. Where is God taking you? Be confident in where God is taking you. Somebody took to your neighbor and said, be confident. Be confident. Being confident in God means to rely on him in every aspect of your life. Confidence, number two. Here's number three. This was my favorite. This is my favorite. Verse 22 of Judges chapter 7. When the 300 trumpets sounded, the Lord called the men throughout the camp to turn on each other with their swords. That's my favorite part. You probably missed it. It says this. When the 300 trumpets were sounded, the Lord caused the men throughout the camp to turn on each other with their swords. My favorite two words, or three words rather, in this verse is the Lord caused. The Lord caused. There was nothing Gideon did. There was nothing his men did. The Lord caused it to happen. Here's Psalms. Psalms chapter 37, verse 5. Commit your way to the Lord trust in the Lord and he will act here's number three when you trust in God he acts on your behalf when you trust in God and here's the thing about trusting God you can't just say God I trust you and then live as you want the psalmist says commit your way to God commit your way to God then trust in the Lord And when you commit and when you trust in God, God will act on your behalf. Gideon and all those men had committed their ways to God and totally trusted God because of this very thing. Because they had confidence in God. They had peace in God. And when they had all those things, they committed their ways to God. God acted on their behalf. If you're looking for God to act on your behalf, church, can I tell you, commit your ways to God. If you're looking for God to, to act on your behalf, begin to trust God. If you're looking for God to be able to deliver you from something, if you're looking for God to be able to work a miracle in your life, you've gotta commit your ways to God. Commit your heart to God. Commit your life to God. Because when you commit your life to God, God promises to act on your behalf. And some of you, you desperately need God to act for you. You're facing all manner of circumstances and you need God to act. But the problem you're having is either you're not trusting God or your ways are not committed to God. And the promise of God for him to act on your behalf is twofold. Commit your ways to him and trust in him. And when you do that, God will act on your behalf. Here's number four. Trusting God produces the victory that you need. The Bible clearly says that Gideon and his men stood there on three sides. They were fearless in every aspect of the word. They did not fret. They did not worry. They were sitting there assured that God would deliver them. They were assured that God would complete what he had started. They were assured of the victory in their lives simply because God had said it. When I read this scripture, I was reminded of 2 Chronicles twenty seventeen. Where God is dealing with Jehoshaphat and Jehoshaphat as the king of Israel and he's outnumbered five to one and the Bible says this, you will not need to fight this battle. Stand firm, hold your position and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. Oh, Judah, oh, Jerusalem, and do not be afraid, do not be dismayed for God is with you. So go out against them and the Lord will be with you. Do you realize that? Do you see the depth in that truth right there? That as a believer, you don't have to win this battle. Jesus Christ, he won the battle on the cross for you. Jesus Christ, he won the battle many years ago for you. Exodus fourteen fourteen, the Lord will fight for you. All you have to do is only be silent. The Lord will win the battle for you. And so here's Gideon with his 300 men, and the Lord causes. The Lord causes the enemy, to begin to fight one another. And that may seem so silly. And that may seem so not real, the way God does things in the word of God. But you have to really read the text. And I'll close with this because this is, this is the most important part. The Bible says that Gideon, Gideon, he went out. He went out during the, the second watch. And what that means is this, he went out, the Bible says, in the beginning of the second watch. And the beginning of the second watch is this, is when the guards were leaving and the guards were coming. And God so designed this battle that what happened was when the enemy heard the sounds of the trumpets, the ones who were asleep woke up and they saw the guards who were coming back to their tents to go to sleep. And they began to attack them. And my point to you today is that you are facing enemies coming and enemies going in your life. You're facing the enemy coming in, the enemy coming out. But if you would begin to trust God, God, God will win this for you. God will do all the fighting you need in your life. There's so much victory in following God that you could not begin to comprehend it. And some of us are so used to being defeated that we don't follow God. But 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-seven, Paul writes, but thanks be to God who gives us victory through Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God who gives you a victory through Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. To no one else, it's not thanks to myself, it's not thanks to me, or thanks to the people around me, it's thanks be to God, because God ensures the victory in your life. And God, he said to Gideon in the beginning, he said, I will deliver the enemy camp into your hands. And do you realize that Gideon started being so fearful in the beginning, and he went from fearful to being fearless. And the only reason was because he was fully trusting God. He was fully trusting God. I remember we did that service about being a cliff jumper maybe two years ago. We talked about cliff jumping for Jesus. And I love a quote that I read from Joyce Meyer that she said, God can't catch you if you're not fallen. And what God is waiting for so many of us to do is to jump into his arms, to jump into trusting him. Move past the place where you think you can't trust God. Move past the place where you know there's a God and you believe in God, but because of all the problems that have come over your life, you can't trust God. You can't rely on God. You can't rely on the strength of God. You can't rely on the victory that God ensures for you. And so because we look at all of our life circumstances, because we look at the landscape of our life, we say to ourselves, how can I trust God? Have you ever been to that place where you don't know if you can trust God? If you don't know anymore, if you have it in you. Maybe at one place in your life, you did trust God. Maybe at one place in your life, you were fully, wholeheartedly believing and trusting God. But then a wave came, a storm came, and it knocked you right off the place where God had had you. Are you with me today? You were so believing God. There's that verse in Galatians, you were running a good race, but who cut in on you? What happened to you that you stopped chasing after God? How many, how many supposed Gideons are in this place today who God's called you to a fight? God's called you to win a victory. God's called you to a place of purpose, but yet you don't trust God. You don't believe God. But God is trying to win you over. And God is trying to get you to trust him. I read one of the most amazing stories this week. I read this story and it really put me in tears. And this is my last story. I promise you it's my last story. This story put me in such tears this week. And it was so funny because one of the volunteers was in the church and they came to my office and knocked on the door. And I was like, come in. And they opened the door. I got tears in my face. And I'm just a mess. And they're like just looking at me. I'm crazy. But I just had a God moment. And this story is of a man, and his name is Horatio Spafford. And Horatio Spafford is this guy who, who you may not know, but he wrote that song, It Is Well. He wrote that song, It Is Well, hundreds of years ago. And Horatio Spafford was—he was born into wealth. He was a rich, rich man, and he had a a really huge um, family. He had five kids, a beautiful wife. He had all the money he could want in the world. He was based out of Chicago, and he was just a very affluent man. And Horatio Spafford, when he was when he was a young husband, he lost his first son to to a fever, and his son he passed away. But even with his son dying, Horatio did not lose his trust in God. Even with in the midst of death and turmoil, Horatio did not lose his poise for Jesus Christ. He still trusted and believed God. And three years later, the great fire in Chicago broke out. And, and it burned down more than 90% of everything Horatio owned. And he lost millions of dollars. And through it all, through all of that, Horatio did not lose faith will trust in God for one split second. He trusted God. And then two years after that fire, he had met Dwight L. Moody, a great evangelist, and Dwight L. Moody was in Europe, and he called Horatio to come be with him in Europe for a convention. And as history tells us, that Horatio, he got on the boat with his four daughters and his wife, but right before the boat left, somebody called him for business, and he had to go back, and he sent his wife and daughters ahead, and he would follow them. And as I kept on reading, what happened next was tragic that the boat was struck by another boat and the boat sank in 12 minutes and his four daughters died. And his wife was saved. At that point, I was, I was just sitting there crying and, and I had the song playing in the background, Bad Idea. And, and I kept on reading and this is the most amazing part. This is the most amazing part. That when Horatio crossed over the Atlantic Ocean, When he crossed over, the captain of the ship came to him while he was standing on the bow of the ship. And he said, Horatio, this is precisely the place where your four daughters drowned. This is precisely the place that your four daughters drowned. And what happened next was Horatio went down into his cabin and he penned the words to the song, It is well with my soul. I'm talking unwavering reliance and a surety in God. That's trust beyond comprehension. That's believing God beyond what the human nature can do. That's super believing God. That's like believing God to the max that even while you're going over the watery grave of your children, That you can sit there and write a song about it is well with my soul. And I don't know about you, but I want to challenge you in this day that God is calling you to trust in him more and more. God is calling you that no matter what your life may look like, that you would say it is well with my soul. I'm going to trust God through it all. Through all of the circumstances and the storm. I'm just going to trust him. No matter what I may think or what my life may look like, I have to rely on God. I have to trust in the Lord. I have to believe in what he said. And the problem with believing with what God said is that sometimes the enemy talks more than God, it seems. And the enemy tells you more that you're no good, that you're a failure, that you're X, Y, and Z. But God says you're a mighty warrior. God says you're called. God says you're saved. God says you're purposed. God says all these things about you. And what God declares concerning you is more powerful than what any devil in hell can say about you. My only goal today is to inspire you to trust in the Lord. Beyond circumstance, beyond pain, beyond confusion, that you would trust in a mighty God that you serve. I remember in the old church, uh, all my old folks, oops, are gonna know what I'm talking about. I was sitting there. I was. I was just remembering that old song we sang in the old church. What a mighty God we serve. Where's Eric? I saw you. What a mighty God we angels bow before Him. Heaven and earth adore Him. You remember that? No. Okay, new Christians. Amen. I'm talking. I serve a mighty God. I'm talking a God so big that your life's problems don't scare Him. A God so tremendous that your sins couldn't make him stop loving you. And a God so loving that he still cares about you when we can care less about him. That's the God you serve. And this God that you serve in the midst of the toughest seasons of your life. If you would, like Coryton Boone said, just be still and know that God is there. Just be still and know that God's on your side and trust him through the darkest times. If you would trust him, like Gideon, God will take you to uncommon victory. God will take you to places you never dreamed possible if you begin to trust him, if you begin to let God work on your behalf. Come on, stand with me this afternoon. Trusting God assures you peace. And trusting God assures you confidence. And trusting God assures that God is on your side. It assures that God will act on your behalf. Trusting God assures that God will give you the victory. It assures that. It promises that. If God brought you to it, God will bring you through a victory. Amen. Come on, every head bowed, every eye closed. Every head bowed, every eye closed. As we come in, come on. I pray over every heavy burdened heart throughout your trials and circumstances, whatever you're facing, Lord, I pray in this moment that people would begin to rely on you that we would commit our ways to you, that we would trust you wholeheartedly, that we would push past what we don't understand, and that we would totally, 100% trust you, Lord. Father, that we would be able to look past every hurt and pain in our lives. Father, that we would look past every scar, every hurt, every lie of the enemy today and begin to lean on you, Jesus. Come on, I want to pray right now over every single person who you've been buying into the lies of the enemy and you're not trusting God because you're hurting. everything transpiring in your life come on if that's you you're lifting your hand as high as you can we're just going to pray with you right where you're at you got to stop believing the enemy God is saying something truer over your your life than any lie of the enemy come on hands are going up everywhere come on that's right you're trusting God today you're going to begin to believe God you're going to say you know what pastor I want that peace I need that confidence I want that victory I need God to work on my behalf come on I'm prepared to commit my heart commit my ways to him right now Come on, every head out of your eye closed. If you got your hand up, lift it up as high as you can. In the name of Jesus, I come against every work of the enemy. I come against every lie of Satan. I rebuke it right now, and it's root for. Father God, I pray healing over every wound. I pray restoration over every area of brokenness, God. I pray right now, God, that you would begin to, 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 to show us, God, that we can trust you. You are a great God, you are a strong God. Father, In the name of Jesus, let your peace come over us. Lord, let confidence rise up in us as we chase after you, God. As we're going to begin to trust you, Lord. Father, we trust you right now. Come on, somebody tell them, I'm trusting you, Lord. Through all the storms in my life, I'm going to trust you in Jesus' name. Come on, one last time. Bow your heads right now. Bow your heads right now. I want to offer anyone in this place today, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You've never prayed that prayer. you never made that commitment. you never said, you know what, God, I want to follow you with my whole heart. Or maybe you have and you've not done that. You've not held true to your word. If that's you today, you're going to throw your hand up as high as you can. You want to accept Jesus, thank you, as your Lord and Savior. Come on, I got two right now. Come on, I want to accept him as my Lord and Savior. I believe in him right now. I know he's here. I know it. And I want to believe him. I want to follow him. Because he who began a good work in me, he'll complete it. He's going to be the author and the finisher of your story. Come on. Lift your hand as high as you can. Help him out. Repeat this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to offer you my life. I believe your son Jesus. He died on the cross laid down his life for me come on stay with boldness I confess with my mouth I believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord and I want to walk with you all the days of my life I want to challenge you if you just prayed that prayer church everything even though it seems like nothing everything just changed in your life let the enemy lie to you everything just changed you are under the lordship of Jesus Christ that's something to celebrate right now you are under the authority of God everything just changed in your life come on lift your hands as high as you can begin to praise him right now as the worship team is here they're going to lead you in a song begin to praise him right now in Jesus name